Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning, why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And today we have kind of a different special treat for you. I was asked um, a couple of months ago to be on a legal roundtable discussion with fellow lawyer coaches. And this was for the Legally Blissed community run by my dear friend, Susie Hickson. We actually had Susie on earlier this season to talk about um, success on your own terms. And if you missed or haven't listened to that podcast episode, I highly recommend it. It was a really insightful conversation that we had, and I will link it in the show notes. So she asked me to take part in a roundtable discussion with fellow lawyer coaches to talk about what is coaching. I get this question all the time when I'm out networking and talking to people. And frankly, also, even with people who, you know, reach out to me for to, to book a breakthrough call to talk about coaching, a lot of folks, especially lawyers, do not really know what coaching is, how it works, you know, what to expect. And so I thought it was a really good conversation around kind of the basics of what is coaching, how does it work, what can you expect when you hire a coach, and also, you know, how do you figure out who the right fit is for you? Because honestly, not every coach is going to be the right fit. I've worked with coaches in the past, business coaches, and then I also, to keep my certification up, have to have a mentor coach every couple of years. And I've learned through that process that not every coach is a good fit for me either. And so, you know, if you're thinking about working with a coach or you've ever considered it or you're just curious, today's episode is for you. And I would encourage everybody to listen to this, even if you think you never want to work with a coach, because I think it's important to understand what coaching actually is. You may know people who might could use a coach, and this will give you a better viewpoint of what it is and how it can help people. There's a lot of different coaches out there, and there are a lot of different kind of methods used. So hopefully this episode will enlighten you and help you understand better what coaching is, how it helps people, whether it might be a fit for you, and then how to go about finding the right coach for you if you should decide to hire a coach or be interested in talking and reaching out to one. All right, without further ado, I am going to bring you What is Coaching? I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Well, hey there. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Legally Blissed Conversations Conference Room, which is a regular roundtable where lady lawyers get together to discuss an impactful subject matter that we think can help our audiences better navigate life and law. My name is Susie Hickson, and I'm a trademark attorney and the founder of Legally Blissed Community. 
While female attorneys are incredible advocates for other people, I've learned that we're often not great self-advocates. So this community was developed to give female attorneys a platform to network and collaborate and support each other. Our community challenges social constructs about how female attorneys are taught to practice law and how we are supposed to show up as lawyers. In today's conference room, I am so happy to welcome three amazing attorneys who are also coaches for attorneys. We have Lauren Fair, Heather Mulder, and Amanda Stark. So before we start um, talking about coaching for lawyers and kind of coaching in general, I would love for each of my guests to give a little blurb about themselves. So we'll start with Lauren. Tell us about you. All right, Susie, thanks. My name is Lauren Fair. I am a family law attorney in California. I'm based out of San Diego. I'm a partner in a family law firm. I've been practicing family law for about 15 years, um, exclusively in the area of divorce and related issues. Um, and I coach women now to divorce confidently and sensibly while saving money throughout the process. Awesome. And I'm sure your background as an attorney is fantastic for coaching in that area. I'm looking forward to us digging into that a little bit. All right, Heather, we'll go in alphabetical order. <laughs> Okay, great. So I'm Heather. I'm Heather Mulder, and I am a recovering lawyer. I no longer practiced. Uh, I was practicing, I guess, for over 18 years before I decided to leave the law. And I'm one of those people who thought I'd be a lawyer forever, never thought I'd leave, but uh, battled breast cancer a number of years ago, didn't know it at the time. It changed everything I ever thought about myself and how I wanted to show up in the world. And it's ultimately what led me here. I now work primarily with lawyers and some other service professionals, but very lawyer-like, um, to help them become happily successful because so often we go after what everybody else thinks we should do and forget what we actually want out of our careers and lives. And so I help my clients reconnect with the things that they truly find fulfilling and make them happy and create a business and life that really supports them in that. I love that you make it a point that it's not to be successful, but it's happily successful. We got a lot of successful attorneys out there who aren't very happy. So, <laughs> Is that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Amanda, your turn. Yes. Thank you for having me on, Susie. I'm excited for this conversation. My name is Amanda Stark, and I am a certified life coach and human design expert, and I coach women to help them create more purpose and fulfillment in their lives. And I use a combination of mindset coaching, human design expertise, and witchy magic to help women live life by their own rules, because I actually was a healthcare compliance attorney, so a lawyer from a family of lawyers. So I basically made a career out of following the rules. And <laughs> Things only got better when I started breaking rules that really I didn't have to follow and started living by my own rules. And I help women do the same. Excited to talk about coaching with all of you today. I am excited too. And I love that you're into human design and I have an appointment scheduled, scheduled with you in February. I'm so excited about it. Um, welcome again, ladies. So let's talk about coaching and coaching for lawyers specifically. So what what is coaching? <laughs> Well, there's a million different like ways you could describe it, I guess. Um, I'm not a big fan of how most people describe it because it's very like, it doesn't explain what we do at all. Okay. I think if you look at the ICF, the International Coach Federation website, it, it talks about it's a partnership between coach and client. Okay, well, what does that mean? 
right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my clients always come to me. They're very non-woo people for whatever reason. Um, I'd really be loving to hear about the human design aspect and, and the way you pull that out of attorneys because a lot of, of attorneys I see are get like really like anti-woo, but I think there is some room for it and, and more, more attorneys need it. <laughs> but um, I mean, I just like to tell my clients when they're like asking, well, what is it exactly that you do? How do you help people? is say, look, you're meeting with somebody who's trained to listen more deeply, to hear on a different level what you're saying, how you're saying it, what you're not saying. Uh, if you're doing it in person or on video, seeing how you are, because there's a lot being conveyed in that. And we're trained to kind of like see you and hear you on a more deep level because of that and to ask further questions so that we can pull out from you thoughts and beliefs and things that are going on in your mind that you don't even realize are in there and are often a lot of what's going on inside of your head that's making you unhappy that's you know creating assumptions about things that you don't even realize are there i like a lot of my clients tell me after they've worked with me is you pulled thoughts and things out of my head that i had no idea were in there so that's one avenue of it and then the other avenue is as far as i'm concerned at least is to help you get clarity about what you really want out of your career and life and then go actually achieve those things how have you noticed coaching evolve over like the last few years specifically with respect to us meeting via video? And I say, when I say us, I mean, just like your clients and coach versus have, you know, kind of in the past, maybe people did phone coaching or they did it in person, but now with the proliferation of video, as, as easy as talking on the phone. I mean, for me, it's easier to do video than a phone call, just to be honest, but you know, I'm curious how that has changed for you guys as coaches with actually being able to see your clients versus having phone call calls with them. Yeah, well, I think for me, it's just allowed me to help so many more people because I can help clients anywhere versus clients that are just within my geographic location. Also with the client, same thing. Years ago, when I was really ramping up my litigation practice, Oh, my partner and I were working with a, a business and life coach and we went and we would see her in person and that was amazing. But when we got really busy, it was one of those things that we just started, you know, being like, well, do we have time to drive all the way up there today and back? And, you know, you just don't have that anymore. Now it's like, we can just pop on zoom and, you know, there's really no reason why we can't make time for that when it's so convenient now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm really like, curious also with what you do. I understand that kind of with your type of coaching, I would think that being able to visually read people and their facial expressions, for example, and just their body movement um, would be very important. Yes. Um, Cause I coach a lot on intuition and kind of the answer to your question, like what is coaching for me? I really like to think of it as an avenue for building self-trust. So, which I think is especially important for women because we aren't taught that <laughs> we're actually taught the opposite most of the time. So yeah. And as someone who coaches a lot in that intuitive space and energetic space, like just being able to see someone. And like, I even have clients that their work in between sessions is to go watch their session back and see the difference in like <laughs> their bodies 
when they are grounded in their intuition versus like up in their heads and rationalizing or waffling an indecision or whatever. And it's like, just see the difference in you when you're talking about something that is intuitively right for you versus something that you're trying to convince yourself of. And that just in and of itself. So I think it's helpful for me as a coach, but also can be really helpful for clients as well to have that opportunity to go back and watch their sessions, whether it's just to like hear it again or to see how they are, their body looks or is behaving in certain situations. Yeah, when I started coaching, it was primarily phone, but then was starting to transition just after I started into video. And I started to try to do video, but most of my clients said, no, I don't want it, you know. And then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden everybody was on board with video, <laughs> which I thought was really interesting, except I do occasionally have a client. I have one right now who said no to video. So I'll do phone coaching if it's absolutely necessary for them. But I'd say 98, 99% of my clients go with video. Interesting. So will you all tell me a little bit about what the difference is with coaching and therapy? And when, <laughs> when might an attorney kind of know when they are ready to look into getting a coach? I think for me, what I'm looking for with clients as to whether like therapy would be more appropriate for them or coaching is, you know, therapy oftentimes is really focused on when we're not in a functional state um, or having trouble meeting our daily, you know, needs like getting up, getting dressed, getting through the day, things like that. Like if you're not at a basic functioning level, then therapy may be something that would be better, you know, suited for you at that particular point in time, or like in conjunction with coaching, depending on the situation, right? It's a case by case basis. I find um, where you need to kind of make a judgment call as to what's best for that client in terms of what you would recommend to them past trauma processing. So if we're really just wanting to spend a lot of time in the past about something that's happened and really work through a trauma, I think oftentimes that's appropriate for therapy. Um, and when we're working with a mental health diagnosis um, mm -hmm. and treatment around that versus coaching, I think, you know, is more where we're looking at where we are now and how we're going to optimize, you know, our life from a functional point where it is now. Um, and I think in the, you know, the area in which I help clients, it's around things like the lived experience of divorce, the business of divorce. Um, and this is applicable to any particular, you know, it doesn't, that, that's just an example, right? In the divorce mm -hmm. space, but like you can translate that to so many other areas. For example, like the lived experience of being an attorney, right? Um, and how that impacts home and, and you in the office, the business of running, you know, like a book of business, right? How dealing with clients, et cetera. And the three kind of, main places where I can explain to clients that I can help them is oftentimes like around emotions and how we can use the power of emotions to really maximize our lives, um, making smart decisions as well and education. And that kind of gets a little bit maybe into consulting too, when we're talking about education, but that oftentimes I think is relevant for attorneys getting, um, getting coaching as well. So in terms of Susie, your question about like when, you know, would it be a good time to consider coaching? For me, I think it was knowing that, you know, something in your life needed addressing and maybe you don't know what that thing is. It just feels off. Like, you know, you really you want to improve your life in some way and you're not really sure what it is, or maybe you even know what it is, but you don't know how to move forward with addressing it. 
I think for me, it was when I was practicing burnout. Like I just was burnt out and was like, I can't do this forever like this. I don't want to die behind my desk like this someday. <laughs> and so that's what originally led me to coaching. But it was like, I didn't know exactly how coaching was going to help me with that. But I just knew that I needed some some assistance in figuring out what would be best for me. Yeah. And that's an interesting story. I think that probably a lot of us kind of follow into coaching is we ourselves have had experienced something like, like burnout, right. Or feelings of stuck. And if you go back and listen to these episodes, all of Lauren, Heather and Amanda have all been guests um, on this podcast. And I go into their personal stories that kind of takes you from graduating from law school or actually maybe even why they went to law school to where they are now. So those would be really interesting um, to go back and listen to. And I, I'll also link those in the show notes along with this podcast. Amanda, thoughts on on when does one, um, when would be a good time to uh, look into getting a coach and what kind of, what are your interpretations are of the difference in therapy and coaching? Yeah. So I agree with everything Lauren said. Um, and I actually think this is a thought I have a lot and don't say out loud a lot, but I think a lot of people who are in therapy probably need a coach and not a therapist. And especially given the fact that there is a shortage in mental health professionals, like counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, all of those that like, if people who are just feeling a little off, but are otherwise functioning, which I think is a great way that Lauren described it, like think about getting a coach and freeing up that hour every week for somebody who isn't functioning and has is on a three month wait or something like that. Because, because also those types of professionals are restricted by geography in most cases where we as coaches are not. So we can help you from anywhere in the world as coaches where therapists are, are limited by, even if they work with you on zoom, licensing prevents them in most areas, at least in the US, right from like working with someone in another state or, you know, in another country. So just something to keep in mind. But otherwise, yeah, I think coaches are for functioning people who want to improve something in your life. I also think a misconception with coaching is you have to have a specific goal or know what it is you're working towards when really can just be like, Lauren said, like, I don't want to die behind my desk like that. Or like, I am snapping at my kids every single day and I want to stop doing that. Like, how do I do that? How do I manage my reactions to things better? How can I be nicer to my partner? How can I wake up without the feeling of dread that I have to do another day at the office? Like, those are all things to get coaching on, even if you don't know what the end result is specifically when you start. That's a really good point, Amanda. Yeah, and I would add that I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about coaching versus therapy. And there's this idea that I find a lot of people, and this is coming from the therapy community, a lot of times that there's, it's completely different, right? And you go see therapists for one thing and coaches for another. And yet I find that that's not necessarily the case. And, and perhaps it should be perhaps more people who are seeing therapists could and should go see coaches more often because i do think there's definitely an overlap there of what some therapists help people with but what coaches definitively don't do is we do not diagnose we do not assess we do not treat mental illnesses we do not treat you know and help with emotional healing from past trauma you do emotionally heal yourself sometimes through coaching, but it's different and you're there for a different purpose. So if you're not functioning, I agree, like you need to go see a therapist. 
But there are definitely some overlaps. And I think that's where sometimes there's some confusion. So for example, reframing is something a lot of coaches use, right? And it it comes from cognitive behavioral therapy. Therapists use it as well. <laughs> and so, I mean, there are different tools and techniques that coaches do use that have been used in therapy. But just because they use them doesn't mean you need therapy either. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I see um, people coming to me with this confusion is, well, our coaches don't fix you. They don't even see you as needing fixing. It's really more about bringing out your natural strengths, your natural, you know, who you are and your biggest potential so that you can fulfill whatever that is. And, um, and not needing to fix necessarily anything, just becoming better. I liken it to just up-leveling your life. Like just, to, you yeah. know, and, and you can be in therapy and still want to up-level your life, right? I have several clients right now who see a therapist and use me as their coach. So like, yeah, and, and, and it's fair for very distinct different purposes. Yeah. Um, although I, I have a feeling there is some overlap because one of the reasons she came to me was for confidence to become and feel more confident in her own skin, manage stress better, that kind of thing, right? Well, I'm certain she's talking about some of that stuff with her therapist too, but with her therapist, she's also got some past trauma and some other issues that she's dealing with that I would never touch. Right. <laughs> so. Thank God, right? <laughs> so <Yeah>. let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> the difference in coaching and consulting. Because <laughs> I, I I see overlap in uh, just marketing language sometimes with coaching and consulting, and they're different. So I'd love to hear you all kind of your perspectives on the differences and overlaps as well. Yeah, I think consulting. In my mind, consulting is like, I am going to tell you the right way, right? Or like give you this like step-by-step -step guide to follow. And I do think some coaches in marketing will be like, you know, I've got this three-step process for losing weight or whatever the thing is, right? But I think the coaching, at least the way that I think of coaching, the way I coach is much more about like, let's find a solution that works best for you, which may not be a solution that works for me or works for my other clients or whatever. Um, and especially like with my coaching, it's very personalized based on their own human design and, and their way of operating. So I wouldn't like, I don't even do sales calls the same, like with different types of people and different types of charts because I'm honoring the way they're designed to make decisions, for example. So I do think consulting is a much more like strategy action oriented type of profession and consulting is a much more like collaborative mindset focused situation instead of like just pound it out and get it done. Yeah. I mean, I think for me and thinking about this coaching focuses on facilitating the client, finding their own solutions and consulting involves some aspect of like me telling you what the solution is, or, um, like Amanda said, like providing kind of like a process or steps to go through. I do a combination of consulting and coaching when I'm coaching people on divorce, because that we necessarily touch on things that are like very specific to where my expertise is in, even if it's just around divorce related topics or the process itself or, or what have you. Um, so I think, you know, whenever we're really getting into more like strategy, I guess, 
as opposed to mindset focus, oftentimes that's where we're bringing in consulting. And in, in the context of attorneys, I think that could be in marketing or, you know, things that are more related to the business of being an attorney potentially um, is where you may find consulting pop up. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, Susie. I've noticed that when I work with clients and not from the legal perspective, but when I've done consulting and a little bit of coaching, I generally tend to quickly fall into a consulting role for people. I'm like, I'm kind of one of those people. I'm like, I know I've got the answer here. I'm ready to solve this problem right now. And for me to kind of have that patience, and I think a lot of coaches, the, the beauty of so many coaches that I've worked with, they're so patient and they really create the space for me as a client to help me look at my own brain and help me look at my own thinking, right? And I think it takes a really special person to to be able to create that space for someone else. I I feel like I, I struggled a little bit with that because I was like, let's get the answer out right now. You know, like I, I just, I was like, I know I have the answer. Let's just, let's just get, to, let's just solve this thing. So it's really interesting. And that's why I love talking with you guys because you all are also lawyers who are, you've been in problem solving role mode for many, many years. And so once you put on a coaching hat for you, particularly as, as former lawyers, I know Lauren still practices, um, it's, it's got to be a big mindset mindset shift for you as well. I do remember when I first started coach training and then started coaching people, how hard it was to just zip it and be quiet. And remembering that silence was always like such a key to like giving people space to, to like, because people will answer a question. And then if you're silent long enough, they'll go deeper. They'll keep going. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I had to learn that big time. <laughs> and now it's probably one of my biggest gifts that I do really well, but it took me a long time. And of course I do a hybrid model of coaching slash consulting. You know this Susie, because I do two types of coaching. Part of my practice is mindset and leadership coaching. And that's more pure coaching. Whereas I also do business coaching, which people hire me for my expertise. I'm supposed to give them some advice in my opinion to some extent right and so i have over the years had to learn how to like create a hybrid model where i give them the space and i actually do coach for certain things and for a time but then i also know how to insert my opinion and let them know what my thoughts are and where i would go what i've learned though is never to just tell them here's what you have to do or here's what you should do instead it's well have you tried or Here's what I've seen work. So where you change your language a little bit and it helps you kind of stay in coach mode a little bit better, I think. Yeah. When you're consulting. Yeah. And yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, was that I mean? Go ahead, Amanda. Yeah. I was just gonna say what I think there's space for, but like I think sometimes coaching doesn't mean you never have an opinion or you never offer a suggestion or a thought, like which I think is different than telling someone like this is what you should do, like Heather was saying. And certainly with my coaching, like I do a lot of educating on what it means for like what 
aspects of your chart mean. I don't expect my clients to figure that out on their own. That is literally why I'm there and why they work with me. So it's to help them figure it out and then implement it. So I do think there's a nice balance, but going back to your question, I found it so refreshing to not have to be the one with the answers. And maybe that's just because <laughs> of what I did, like as a compliance attorney. And I also, most of my practice was training and education for my clients. And I taught certification courses and all of that. So it was just like, I was constantly the resource and it's federal law. So it doesn't change very often. And it's just like, yes, this is the answer. No, this is not the answer. Like there's no gray. And so it was just having like getting to explore all of this, the rest of it, the like non-black and white, non-linear aspect of the world. I just, I was so ready for it. Like, I'm so happy not to have to tell anybody like, no, you can't do that ever again. <laughs> like if I never have to say that ever again, other than to my children and my dog, then I will be happy. <laughs> I love that. You get to explore the possibilities with them. Yes. Yeah. Susie, can I just offer one personal experience with, with this? It's relevant. Yeah. So I just think the, you know, the opportunity to have a coach hold space for you, especially if they have a similar background to you in the sense that, you know, they're an attorney as well. They understand the challenges that you face is just so powerful because I came to coaching, you know, with an acute issue, right? Like the burnout that I talked about. And that's oftentimes how people come into coaching is they've got something really pressing in their lives that they want to resolve. But then after you, you know, do the work and you resolve a lot of those things, then the question is like, do I continue on with a coach or not? Do I really need one? And I think for me, at some point it became less about like, do I need one or is it really just, do I want one? And how is it just like fun and a real um, up level for my life in general to have one on an ongoing basis, even when I don't have something that is, you know, like the bleeding issue or whatever of the day. Yeah. My husband is also an attorney and I found that sometimes like I would go to him wanting coaching, right? My first um, mistake really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he very much like what Heather was saying, like he just wants to fix the problem, right? Cause that's kind of what we were just trained to do. It's like, oh, okay, here's, here's the, the problem. Okay. Here's my solution done. And I found myself kind of unfulfilled in those discussions um, around like, I really wanted someone to just hold space for me and help me talk through what the issue was and how I was gonna solve that particular issue, right? Like, in, and maybe that some of the consulting comes in where the coach understands the situation and can provide some kind of, you know, education on something or an idea, but also like having the coach be neutral and not, um, you know, telling you what you should do or not judging you for whatever you ultimately decide to do. And it's just such a fulfilling experience and a relationship, in my opinion, when you're able to have that um, connection with someone. And it just helped me move forward so much more quickly with things that would come up on a weekly basis, right? Big or small, just to have that space to come and talk it through. And I found that it actually improved relationships too within like my circle for just using my example with my husband, like I stopped putting the pressure on him to be like everything. Right. <laughs> and we do that. I think, right. Like we expect the people closest to us in our lives to serve all of these purposes, some of which they don't 
um, they don't want to fulfill or they're just unable to fulfill. Like they have the best of intentions. Like my husband, like, what's the problem? I'm giving you the answer. Like, let's just move on. Why is this not sufficient? You know? And, um, but, but it really, it's just, it's not what you needed. And, and so when you can take that pressure off of maybe for you, it's, you know, a parent or a best friend or whatever it is, I, I just found that was like a collateral impact to my life that was, you know, unexpected, I guess, from having a coach. Yeah. And I think she makes a really, Lauren makes a great point about, you don't have to have a very specific like problem or reason to go to a coach. And I think a lot of attorneys incorrectly assume that is the case. They think they have to be fixed for that reason. Like I'm supposed to have a problem. I'm a problem child to go to coaching. And this is something I see a lot in law firms. They only send the people they think are problems unless they're executive level. And then they send them to like leadership, you know, and executive coaches. And it's like, no, no, no. It could be for everybody because everybody can and deserves to be able to up level their own, you know, everyday existence, how they approach things, their practice, whatever it is. And what I find is people who come to coaching with that viewpoint are the ones that have the most success in all honesty. They're more open to trying new things. And I call it a fast forward button. Like it just, I think Lauren, you said something very similar that it fast forwards your progress more quickly because it gives you that free space to just think out loud and brainstorm and be creative. And we don't give ourselves that space as attorneys very often. And so that's one thing that coaching can and does provide is that space (laughs) where we need our brains to just like dump out everything that's on our minds. We have something we're thinking about, but we're not sure. And there's a lot going on in there that we don't even realize is in there because we don't give it that time and coaching can provide you that space. And then the coach is also trying to help pull it out more quickly so that you can then come up with a, a, a better decision more quickly for what you want to do moving forward. I love referring to it as the fast forward button, right? It's like, or like the level up, right? Like if you're playing a video game and you get to level up on something, that's kind <laughs> of what I feel like that's what coaching is and i i've been fortunate to have a variety of coaches for just different things and i feel i don't know i feel very uh just blessed that i've been able to do that because i feel like it has up leveled me in a lot of ways and i've had coaches in different periods of my life that have kind of helped me where I am in like a decision or kind of maybe what I was going through. And what's, what I think is really interesting about it is there are, there are coaches out there, right? There are plenty of coaches out there and you could get really stressed about what, Oh, will I find the right coach? How do I find the right coach? Make sure I have to make sure I get the right coach and all this, but I, I'm, you know, I just believe in serendipity and that you, the coach that you're supposed to have at a particular time in your life, like you'll know, they'll, they'll be there. So how, if, if I were just someone, let's say I'm a a lawyer who's never worked with a coach, how would I go about, I guess, finding a coach and figuring out if that coach was a right fit for me, assuming they weren't someone like me who believes in serendipity and that the coach, the coach, the teacher comes when the student is ready. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, First, if you know somebody who's working with a coach, ask for a referral. Like that's always the best place to start. Someone that knows you um, and knows like who would be a good match for you or what they think, you know, would be beneficial to you. Um, So 
I think that's step one is to ask for that. And then two, you know, if you're looking in it, you know, think about what you're looking for, follow them or check them out or whatever. But really, in my opinion, the most important thing with a coach is feeling comfortable in that coach's space. Like, because like Lauren mentioned before, this is someone who you're going to spend a lot of time with, who's going to hold a lot of space for you. And so you just need to be comfortable saying whatever it is you need to say, or like being open with that. Like I saw my coach this morning and I was like on in full on tears at the beginning of the call. Like she was just like, how are you? And I was like, not good. And started sobbing. So I'm much better now after getting good. good. <laughs> but you know, it was just like, if I didn't have that comfort level with her, right. That to do that, then my coaching session wouldn't be useful. And then I also think like going to something Lauren said before is like this, my issue started yesterday and like, because I knew I had coaching this morning, like when my partner's like, what do you need? What can I do? Like, I was able to tell him like nothing. Let's just like, hang. I got a hug and some support. And then we had hung out and I was like, okay, I just, I don't, I don't need him to do anything for me right now. Like I'm going to bring it to coaching tomorrow and work through it on my own. And I can just like set it aside. But so I do think, I think comfort level and like finding someone that you resonate with is more important than whatever they say their particular thing is that they work on. And that's, I'm glad yeah. Brought that up, Amanda, because that's kind of the next thing I was going to ask is about coaching specialties. And so I'm, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. Okay, Heather. No, I would just to second everything she said. You need to talk to whomever you're considering. Don't be afraid to talk to a couple of people and go with who you feel is the best fit for you, your personality, what you're looking for, all of the above. Um, any good coach will allow you to talk to them and get a sense of who they are and ask questions and give you an idea of what, you know, what they see, um, you know, you moving forward on how you would work together, that type of a thing. So definitely do your due diligence in that way and go with your gut because your gut there is very <laughs> telling. Anytime I have not in the past, when I first started getting into coaching, I hired a coach to help me because we have to have mentor coaches and i kind of had a sense that i i wasn't sure and i was right and it it ended up not being a disaster but not the best that it could have been right and then i later found another mentor coach who was way better for me she was just a better fit so go with your gut and don't feel bad about saying no i would also say when it comes to referrals you may not know who's worked with a coach, but don't be afraid to ask people who you look up to who are pretty successful because you'd be surprised how many of them have worked with coaches. Lawyers don't often tell other people that they do, but if somebody comes asking, they're more than willing to say, oh yeah, and then they refer if they like the person that they worked with, so. It's a really good point. Sometimes you just need to ask. Don't expect that people are just gonna have it on their t-shirt that says, you know, I worked with Heather. Right. <laughs> Lauren saved my sanity during my divorce, right? Like people are not going, going to necessarily display that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree completely with everything that Amanda and Heather said. And I would just add that like, as part of that process of determining, you know, is this somebody that I resonate with? Am I comfortable with them? That could be determined through, I think, ideally a consultation, but also most have so much free content available out there in different ways. Like some have podcasts, right? Um, some have just even content on their website. Maybe um, they have like a download of something that they've put together that's relevant to their clients, you know, and just through consuming whatever that free content is that that coach is offering, a lot of times you're going to be able to 
uh, determine, you know, do I align with this person? Like, is what they're saying, you know, are they my people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I social media too, right? A lot of them on social media. So those are all great ways of getting some better idea in advance about is this somebody that I want to, you know, potentially work with. Yeah, yeah and it's going to help you narrow it down, yeah. I think, because there's so many out there, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, and I just want to add to like, not in opposition to what Heather said, because certainly like talk to his mid, like if you want to talk to multiple people and do that. But I think like what Lauren said, like getting a feel for someone before you get on the call. And if like thinking about, okay, I'd really like to hire a coach, especially because I know we're talking to female attorneys, right? So if like thinking like you need to shop around for a coach and be on a bunch of different calls, if that is an obstacle to you getting started, then just do what Lauren said, like do your due diligence in your jammies at night on Instagram and then schedule one call. And if your gut says yes, allow that to be going back to Susie's serendipity, right? Like you were drawn to that person for a reason. So just do what feels better to you. If picking one and going with it feels better to you, do that. If shopping, shopping around, I hate that term, but you know, if you're like, oh, I can't decide between this, these yes. two or these three, schedule multiple consults, right? Like coaches, of course, all of us want to talk to you and want it to be a good fit to be a success. Right. Well, and I actually don't, I do not recommend shopping around. I'm saying if you talk to somebody and you don't feel like you're a fit, go elsewhere. There's a million coaches out there. Yes. If you feel like you need to shop around or you've done your due diligence and it's down to two, then talk to those two people. I wouldn't recommend you talk to four or five people. It's going to make it way too confusing. Yes, yeah. 100%. You don't need a spreadsheet or anything like no. that. No. Yes. None of that. So chill out, ladies. Because um, <laughs> I, I know how we are, right? We have to have all of this. You know, we have to have our notes and our spreadsheet about our meeting at three o'clock with Amanda and then, you know, all of this. So, and then also, you know, if they're, you know, I've, spoken with people before and I'm like, oh, I think I would really love to work with her, but maybe now is not the, not the right time, but I can coach. Maybe she could be my coach later, right? Just because you go with one coach now doesn't mean that you're not going to want to work with that other, or that you couldn't work with that other person at a later date, right? So maybe that will kind of help people help alleviate some, some anxiety around, selecting a coach and really there shouldn't be any anxiety around it right it should be fun and exciting because it's something that we get to do darn it we get to do this we we get to have coaches so it should be a fun process of of selecting the coach so i would love to know one of your favorite success stories in working with a client obviously don't mention any names um but i would love to know specifically um like the biggest transformation that that you saw or maybe just who had some of the most positive results and kind of how that made you feel. And I would also, um, I guess we kind of need to wrap this up. We're getting close to time, but I'd also love for you to also let us know where to um, find you on the internet and LinkedIn and all your socials. So I um, coached with a woman and we coached her and her husband were separated when we started working together, but she was very much in the space of like wanting to get back together. And every call should show up and very down, very like, this isn't working, right? They had like, we were scheduled, they had their couples counseling the night before and then she'd see me the next day, right? So it was always like processing that and going through that. And then after working together and coached on all the things, she's like, I don't think we're gonna get back together. And she goes, I don't think I want to. 
And it was just everything in her had shifted. And I just was like, we need to take a moment to just like how huge this decision is for you from going from like clinging to something to, and I don't coach specifically on relationships. That just happened to be what we spent most of our time talking about it during that time period. But just seeing the shift, like seeing the weight lift off of someone of like something that they've been carrying. So that's just one example that came to mind. But that's something that's one of my favorite things is just like letting something go or accepting something and like just seeing the visible weight lift off of someone I think is just amazing to see as a coach. I was going to ask you, you probably saw physical changes in her body and her face. Yes. I mean, everything about her was different. Like I can't even... Like if you would have taken a side by side, it would be, it would look like years apart, not like this was the week before and this was today. Like just seeing the total shift in her was huge. It was, it was mind blowing. I honestly have to say. And like, especially because it was just like, we'd been picking the thread. Like I kind of think sometimes problems like that, it's like when you get your necklace tangled, like you can't just yank it. Like you've got to pull each little piece of it until finally it comes loose. And it was like, okay it's loose now. All right. Now let's take it from here. Like we've got it untangled. Do we want to wear it? So yeah. I good think analogy. I like that. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. And then, oh, where you can find me was yeah. the second part. So I am most active on Instagram. You can find me at glitter and gravitas on Instagram. That's also my Facebook handle and my website, glitterandgravitas.com. Um, I do have a blog on my website that has tons of information about all of the things that I do and tons of human design resources. So you can check me out there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Heather. It's hard to pick as you know, but I think there's one thread that goes through all of my most successful cases, whether they come to me for mindset coaching or for business development strategy slash coaching. And it's ultimately the mindset peace, right? That's the most fulfilling and that's what really changes people's lives. And so there was this one client who came to me for both, but when she came to me, she was very self-described glasses, half empty type person and had no boundaries, had just, it was, she wanted to get a handle on her stress, create some boundaries and she knew it, but she'd been trying to do it for a long time and hadn't. And within a couple of months, that just the transformation that happened when she just went a little deeper and let go of a couple of things and then move forward. Not only did she describe herself as a glass is half full person, but she said her glass was overflowing. She yeah. realized she finally had more time to do the things she cared about the most, including developing her business and doing the things she needed to do. But she had the time for her family because her family is important and not just time. And it, it ended up not being so much about time, but the way she showed up because her glass was no longer half empty, but was overflowing. Right. And so that was probably the most exciting um, as far as the descriptions that she gave. That's, you know, you see this a lot in coaching, but sometimes people are just like so like clear, like, oh, perfect example of what you want to see. Mm -hmm. So. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And then where to find me. So I am on LinkedIn primarily, Heather Mulder, M-O-U-L-D-E-R. It's not spelled like Mulder from the X-Files. Um, I used to get a lot of X-Files jokes. My, my husband's name's Mulder. He really used to get a lot of those jokes. And then um, my podcast, I have a podcast. It's called the Life and Law Podcast at lifeandlawpodcast.com. And you can also reach me at coursecorrectioncoaching.com where I have tons of resources, a blog and plenty of things for you if you would like to check them out. A great example of 
um, all of you all are great examples of being able to consume the the coach's content to kind of understand if you would be a good fit working together. You all produce a lot of content. It's very impressive. Um, Lauren. Yes. So the, the emotional transition and um, even like, I think Amanda was mentioning earlier, like the physical transformation that I see in clients from the beginning to the end of their coaching and the divorce process that I take them through um, is really the reason that I started focusing on coaching more than and moving away from litigation because I just got so much fulfillment from helping people in a more kind of holistic manner and in a way that helped them not just get through the legal process, but um, to transition their whole lives, right, from where they had been prior to separation into like what is now a completely different, you know, life for them. It's a traumatic process separating, right, after you've been married. And just seeing how much the clients changed from beginning to end was just really inspiring for me. So I think it's it's hard to think of one in particular, but I, I do have um, one that does come to mind. And she, when she came to me, she had a lot of um, guilt around the end of the relationship. And I found that that guilt, as we kind of dug into that, was really affecting how she was addressing the divorce. And kind of through working together, we looked at the ways that the guilt um, was showing up for her in terms of like this, the decisions she was making um, and or not making um, in the process, in what she was um, proposing in terms of a resolution and things that would have very long-term impacts on her life. And once we were able to really look at why she was doing those things and, you know, I always take the approach of like my clients, their their legal case and their life, their life, right? They can always do whatever it is that they want to do. There's not a right or a wrong decision from my perspective, but we just want to be really intentional about what it is they're doing and why, and do they like that? And is that something that they're going to be okay with five or 10 years down the road? And so um, in her situation, she was able to kind of work through the guilt that she had and other similar kind of negative, negative, right, feelings. Um, and decide to make a different decision about how she wanted to proceed with the divorce and um, the resolution that she wanted to get from it, that if we had not done that work, she was about to make a really significant decision that we know as lawyers, like you put something in a settlement agreement, you can't decide three months later, well, I'm in a different emotional place now. And I kind of want to like redo that. Right? It's not that, that happen, easy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Go take backsies or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think, you know, for her, it was it was a really meaningful work because we were we were able to head off what she could identify was not something that she wanted to give up, right, um, or something that she'd be okay with giving up five, ten years down the road. Even though right now it felt like, you know, some guilt was driving some decision making that, um, you know, may have otherwise led to that. And I think the other thing is is just um, it's fulfilling for me, and it showed up with this particular client is when they come in, they don't understand legal process. And uh, a lot of the things that go around 
hiring attorneys, right? Like being in, they, so oftentimes that's the first time they've ever interacted with an attorney is when they're getting a divorce. So, you know, the education piece with all of that and being able to see her go from being overwhelmed by the legal process and all of that to um, having a good understanding of what all of that um, entailed. And also, I think a lot of women in the situation are very concerned about the impact on their kids. And that was a situation with her, with her in this situation too, um, around like, how, how do we approach what is like an ongoing legal issue, right? Cause like with family law, it's not like it's civil or criminal where you look, you know, backward to an event that's over and now we're assigning liability or responsibility to something. It's with family law. It's like, there's something happening every single day that's changing the landscape of what we're dealing with. And how do you handle those things best for your kids? And so I think in that situation, we were able to do that in a way that was minimizing the impact um, on her kids and really setting them up for a successful transition. So. Wow, that's amazing. And that, and she hadn't had coaching, then she might have um, made the wrong decision, right? Because maybe the decision would have been coming out of fear or anger, or as you kind of put in air quotes, a negative emotion. Because we don't love, we don't, as coaches, we don't love like calling certain emotions positive or negative necessarily. Um, right. I'm curious, um, really quickly, Lauren, when you coach, like even though you're you're an attorney based in California. Can yeah. your coaching, can you coach someone from a different jurisdiction around the divorce process, I presume? Yeah, that's a really okay. good question. Okay. Yes, yes, that I have. And in some ways, I've found that um, it's actually really useful because I don't know the answer <laughs> to yes. some of the things, sure. which is actually helpful for my client. It helps empower my client then um, because what I am able to do though, is take like my understanding of the legal process in California and imagine like what the questions would be that we would need to have the answers to in another state, right? To be able to understand all of that. So in that situation, it's oftentimes about highlighting what might be concerns based upon my experience and helping the client come up with, you know, questions to take to the appropriate licensed professional in that state to get the answers to so that she can bring that information back and we can use all of that to make the best decisions, you know, along the way. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine how amazing it would be to have a coach through the divorce process. Like that, just being able to have someone that is, that would help you through that has to be just incredible, like incredible, super people that get to, you know, when they're going through such a challenging part of their life, like, they're just so blessed to get to do that, to get to work with you. Well, thank you. I really wish I had a coach when I was going through my divorce. Thank you so much, Lauren. Guys, I want to thank all of you all for being here. Um, this has been so enlightening. I, as a coach, I know that I even still learned a lot. Lauren, I would love for you to um, tell everyone where they can find you as well. And then we're, we're going to wrap this one up today. Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on my website at laurenfaircoaching.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Lauren Fair Coaching and on uh, LinkedIn, Lauren Fair. All right, y'all, that is the end of the roundtable discussion. I hope that you got a lot out of it and that it answered some of your questions that you might have had around what is coaching, what does coaching help with, and how do you even begin to find the right coach for you? I will put links to each of the coaches that were highlighted in there, other than me, of course, and also to the host, Susie Hickson, and her Legally Blissed community, and also her podcast, Legally Blissed, and uh, so that you can find each of them should you be interested to go check them out. 
That is it for this week. We will be talking next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.